Our topic today out of the book of Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 2, a wall of fire. Starting in verse 1, I raised my eyes and looked, and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. And I said, where are you going? And he said, to measure Jerusalem, to see what is its width and what is its length. Now, when this is taking place historically, and Zechariah is writing this, uh, some of us have come back from Babylon, Jerusalem, and Israel was basically, and Judah was basically vacant uh, for the most part for 70 years, taken to captivity to Babylon, and Cyrus eventually comes along after Babylon is taken over by the Medo-Persian kingdom, and Cyrus allows us to go back under an amazing decree, and yet only very few of us relative, relatively came back to Israel and Jerusalem and began the rebuilding. And, uh, and then, so that continued for a period of time under opposition and difficulties. And here uh, God is giving Zechariah a promise or saying to him that he sees this man in vision and he's measuring Jerusalem. And just as Zechariah had been seeing people working and measuring and laying the temple foundation and starting to build the temple and the walls and, and the houses and the, and the city again, God is telling him that God also is there with them. That they are not alone in this building. They're not alone building on their own. But that God is there measuring as well, helping as well, building as well. That his eyes are upon the city. That he has not forgotten the city. That he has not forgotten his people. That his eyes are there and that he's active in their lives. Measuring with them. And not only measuring for the building purposes, but measuring has another connotation to it. Measuring up to see where their hearts really are. A, a, a judging in a sense. So in a positive sense, the measuring that he's there with us and he's helping us. He knows our end. He knows our beginning. He knows our limits. He knows what we can handle. He knows what we can do. And he helps us with that and he builds us towards that. And he builds us up to bring up to the height that he has called us to be. But at the same time, there's a measurement to see if it qualifies, right? If you go fishing out here and, uh, and you catch some fish and, and, and a, and a uh, government official comes floating by and he wants to measure your fish to make sure you didn't take any fish out of the gulf that is not measure up, that's not the right height, that's not big enough to take out of the water yet. And so there's this measuring also to see if we are sincerely about the Lord's business. This, this God's eyes are on us for good and for judgment and even in the judgment it's a measuring so that if we're not there right same in school when they measure when they do a test the purpose is not to see who can fail but to see where the kids are at and if they didn't grasp it then better to know now so that he can get help so that there can be tutoring so that uh, if you didn't understand this well before you go on to the next part let's review this again so that you can get the help that you need so that you can get up to the true stature that you're able to reach. And that's the purpose of a test, and that's the purpose of God's measurement. Not again to condemn us, not again to fault find, but to help, to correct, to improve and make better. And so there he is saying, we're measuring, I'm measuring. There is a man, I sent a man, and he's out there measuring Jerusalem. And Jerusalem, yes, the city of Jerusalem, but Jerusalem is also more than just a physical city with walls and stone buildings. But Jerusalem is a city of people and represents the people and not just the people of the city of Jerusalem but the people of all of Israel and the people of God 
throughout the world. Jerusalem, Zion, God's people. And so he's measuring not only in that day, not only for Zechariah's time, but in our day as well. God is with us. God is going through our difficulties. God is going through our struggles with us. God is walking with us and he's helping us and he has plans for us. He's got measurements for us. He's got blueprints for us. He's got plans for each one of our lives and corporately as a congregation as well. And that he's wanting us to reach the stature by his power, by his grace, with his help, all that he has called us to be. And so it's a wonderful promise to Zechariah. Don't worry, I'm building there with you. The building is going to go forward. It's not in vain. Your work is not in vain. Your difficulties are not for no purpose. I've got a plan. And I'm going to fulfill that plan. And so God is measuring. God is there. He is counting. He's with us. In verse 3, And an angel came out to meet him, who said to him, Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls because of the multitude of men and livestock in it. Wow, what a wonderful promise. This angel or this messenger, could be translated either way, comes out to meet him and says to this man with the measuring, Run, important message, take it swiftly. To Zechariah, run to the young man. Zechariah has been young at this age in his point in his life, as a young prophet. Run to this young man. Take it with swiftness. An important message. The people of Jerusalem need to know. They might be discouraged that not everybody came back. The majority are still in Babylon with their finances and with their abilities and with their talents. And here we are struggling alone to build up the city with no resources, with no industry, from scratch, trying to replant things that uh, takes a while for trees to regrow, to have an orchard, to have fruit. Can't have that overnight. And to get the farming going again takes a season. And after not 70 years of not being tilled, filled with rocks and weeds, a lot of work with very few people. And then on top of that, to build the city itself. To build a protection. To build up homes so that people have places to live. To dig wells again. To have water. Up on top of the... Jerusalem is high up. To have water and water sources. To unblock the streams and the springs. A lot of work. And no doubt there was discouragement. And surrounded by enemies who didn't want them rebuilding who tried to stop them and tried to hinder the work of the Lord. No army, no weapons, enough to just stay alive. And God says to them, run quickly, take this message, speak to the young man and say, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls. So big, we're going to outgrow this you're building this wall, you're building this city, and maybe they're thinking, well, we can't build as big as it used to be, we don't have enough people, we don't have to protect everything, we can't man the wall, we can't protect the walls, maybe we'll just build it smaller. And God's saying, don't worry about that. It's going to be so big, eventually it's going to be without walls. And today, Jerusalem is not in the walled area. The old city, the old walls, Jerusalem is way outside of it. The majority of Jerusalem is outside of those walls as a city without walls, 
because of the multitude of people. Couldn't imagine it back in Zechariah's day. City without walls and livestock in it. So much prosperity, I'm going to bless you with prosperity. That you're going to have so much livestock inside the walls and outside. It's going to be like without walls. Just continuous, just huge, just filled. And no doubt as they looked around, that seemed impossible. But nothing with God is impossible. And that's why it's by faith. If we look around us, we see our resources in our own individual lives. We see our difficulties and our problems, whatever you're going through, whatever struggles you're going through, whatever problems you're facing, interpersonal, friends, enemies, difficulties at work, difficulties in school and neighborhoods and family life. God sees it. He's there with us measuring. He's there with the promise. I know, but I'm going to build you up. You're going to be inhabited. We look at our congregation and the number and think, wow, but God has plans beyond what we can ever imagine. God promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. Has anyone ever gone to a beach here, right? We live right on the Gulf, right? Gone to the beach, right? You've gone to the beach? Have you ever gone to the beach with a bucket and start counting sand? Have you ever done that? Count how many sand is out there? God says, I'm going to make you as many as the sand of the sea. You can't do that. You can sit here at one little beach. You can go to Green Key Beach here or Moon Lake Beach or, or Howard Park. You can go to that beach and you can sit there for days and days and days and you're not going to count all those sand. You're not going to get that number. And he says, as many as the sand of the sea. Without number, I'm going to make my people. And God is fulfilling that dream. From Adam and Eve down to our day and beyond beyond what we can ever imagine, throughout eternity, because of the seed of Abraham, because of what came through the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and through Ruth, and through David, the seed of David, the son of David, Moshiach ben David, as many as the sand of the sea without number, beyond number, beyond counting the stars in the sky, God's promise is fulfilled. And that's what he's saying about the city, without walls. So numerous, they're going to bust down the walls. going to have to tear down the walls to fit everyone in to my kingdom. That's why the New Jerusalem is so high. Be able to fit everyone in and we're not going to live there all the time. We're going to have a country home as well. Got to have to dry up the seas that make up two-thirds of this earth so we can all fit in. God's kingdom is bigger and broader than anything we can see. Elijah, discouraged, ran and hides in a cave. And God comes to him, what are you doing here? I'm all alone. No one stands with me. God says, I have 7,000 who have not bent the knee to Baal. God has numbers beyond what we can see in the physical flesh. God has promises for us and abilities for us and provision for our every need. Whatever that need is, whether it's comfort, whether it's strength, whether it's hope, whether it's faith, whether it's love, whether it's acceptance, whether it's friends, whether it's cattle, livestock, whatever we need, God is able to provide and will provide. Miraculously, he's able to provide as we trust in him, as we have faith in him, Walk in him. And claim this promise. He's running to us. He's coming to us with great speed to let us know, don't be discouraged by what you see around you. 
have faith, have hope, have trust. I've got a plan for tomorrow, for today, and for tomorrow, and on into the future. In measuring, God knows our past, and he also knows our future. He knows the plans he has for us. Plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to give us hope and a future. He's got it all measured out. He's got it all planned out. And if we walk in his way and follow his plan, we will reach that destination and receive all that God has for us. In verse 5, I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her. I will be the glory in her midst. Jerusalem will be a city without walls. So many people will bust down the walls and how are we going to be protected? God says, don't worry. He already answered the question before the question is even asked. Don't worry. I will be a wall of fire all around my people. Wherever they are, I will be a wall of fire to them. I will protect them. I will be their fire. I will be their protection. When he took us out of Egypt, and led us in a way that didn't seem to make sense. Why are we turning here? Israel's that way. We're turning. Why are we turning? Why are we going this way? Why are we going through the desert? Why are we going to a dead, the dead end? Through a steep area. Narrow area. Down into the sea. Blocked by the sea. And I've been to the site that I believe is the site where they were at. The Red Sea on one side, steep, steep walls, on, of, uh, mountain walls on either side. Nowhere to escape. Not in the masses of numbers. In the narrow passageway they came through. The Egyptians coming down with soldiers, with chariots, with horsemen, with armor, with spears, with arrows. And God put a fire, a pillar of fire between us and the enemy. He says, not just a pillar, I'm going to put a whole wall of fire and protection around you. And then he parted the Red Sea, and we went through. God protected us in the past. He'll protect us in the present. He'll protect us in the future as we trust in him. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah thrown into a fiery furnace. Doesn't mean we won't go through fire. Doesn't mean we won't go through troubles. God stood there, the Messiah stood there in the fire with them. He's with us, measuring with us. He's by our side. He's walking with us. We are not alone. Elijah, they attempted to kill him. The queen wanted to kill him, but he wasn't alone. Elisha was in a city, a small little town. And the Assyrian king sent his whole army to go and capture him and surrounded the city. We'll have troubles. Doesn't mean we won't have problems. Doesn't mean we won't have enemies. Doesn't mean we won't have difficulties. Surrounded the entire city. In the morning, they woke up. The servant looked out the window and he cried out, Oh, master, what are we going to do? We're surrounded by this army. And Elijah said, Do not worry. There's more on our side than on their side. To the eye, it didn't look that way. To the eye, there's just two of us in this little building, in this small little village. And they're surrounded with, again, horsemen and chariots and soldiers and armor. 
and there's more on our side than on their side? How can that be? How can you say such a thing? And Elijah prayed, Lord, open his eyes. And that's what we need. We need to have our eyes opened to the reality. Not what we see. That's not reality. What the Bible says, that is what is reality. What is unseen is the real reality. Open his eyes, Lord. And God miraculously opened his eyes and he saw horses of fire, chariots of fire, angels all around them, outnumbering the Assyrian army. God has his army, army of heavenly angels, guardian angels. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about those who fear him. The Lord goes before us and the Lord is our rear guard. He's all around us and above us and below us as we fear him, as we trust in him, as we surrender to him. And we don't have to fear. That doesn't mean, again, we won't have problems. It doesn't mean we won't be robbed and beaten. They've been martyrs down through the ages. Doesn't mean we won't be thrown into fiery pits. Doesn't mean what we won't have difficulties and even die. Messiah himself left the glories of heaven and came to be born in a sheep stable. Not for ease, not for comfort, not for glory, not for riches, not for popularity. Went through a difficult life, misunderstood by his brothers, misunderstood by kids his age, misunderstood by his parents. And then in adulthood, misunderstood by his friends and his disciples, and forsaken by many, and then even tortured and killed. But that's not where the story ends. He's resurrected. And our story doesn't end in what we see in here in the now. It doesn't end in what happened to us today. It doesn't end in what happened to us yesterday. It's what God has planned for tomorrow and what God has planned for eternity. That's what counts. And God is able to be a fire around us. And even while the Messiah was walking and talking on this earth and they attempted to kill him, there were times they weren't able to kill him. They had stones and he walked right through. And God is able to do that for us. He's able to put a wall of fire around us so that they can't touch us physically, can't hurt us. Or if he chooses to allow it, and that's okay too, but they can't touch our soul, they can't touch our, our spirit, they can't touch our eternity. They can't touch our faith, they can't touch our conscience, they can't touch our choices. We can choose to believe in God and love Him. And He puts a wall of fire around our, our, our eternity. A wall of fire around our lives. A wall of protection. It's not easy to go through a wall of fire. There's very few people who would try and do that. Even a fireproof vest on, that'd be dangerous to do. Going to a burning house, but let alone a wall of fire. That's what God says he is. How much more then, but even now, a wall of fire. We try and break through that. 
stronger than steel or metal or of any kind or stone, a wall of fire. That's what God promises to be to us. We can take him at his word, believe his promises, and watch him work in our behalf. Let him protect us. Let him be our protection. Let him be our wall. It's a wonderful promise for them and for us today. Didn't stop them from building the walls. He didn't say, stop building the wall, just be a fire. Build the wall. Set up protections. And that's what they did with Zerubbabel. Built the walls. Continued to build. Day and night. With a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. They built the walls. Ezra and Nehemiah. They built the walls. But still God has a wall of protection around us. It's not presumption to lock your doors, but still trust God as a protection and a wall of fire around us at the same time. Verse 6, up, up, flee from the land of the north, says the Lord, for I have spread you abroad like the four winds of heaven, says the Lord. Up, Zion, escape you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. Three times he says, get up, up Zion, up, up, and then later on, verse 7, up Zion. Get up, get out, escape. Again, as I said, only very few came out of literal Babylon. When the call came, the promise was given 70 years prior, you're going to come back to Jerusalem. 70 years later, they didn't heed the promise. They didn't take hold of the promise. It's now time to go back. God has promised to go, that we can go back, and now miraculously the king says we can go back. They should have all taken that as a sign of God's assurance and his promise being fulfilled. But instead, many, most, stayed in Babylon. And so here again, another appeal, appeal after appeal after appeal. Come out of Babylon, come out of Babylon, come out of Babylon. You don't have to worry, I'll be a wall of protection for you. Don't worry, you'll come and the city will be inhabited. Yes, it's few in number now, but it'll be so full that we don't need walls. Be overflowing the walls. Don't worry, I'll be able to provide for your needs. You'll have livestock in abundance. Come out of Babylon, I will meet your needs. Don't worry. And God in his mercy and love didn't say, well, you didn't come out on the first try, tough luck, that's it. He continued to send message after message after message year after year, decade after decade, come out of Babylon, come out of Babylon, come out of Babylon. And even with all these earnest appeals and wonderful promises, not everybody came out. And as a result, we end up with the book of Esther. As a result, we end up with the story of Purim, where Haman comes along and threatens to kill every single Jewish person on earth. Not just in the realm of Persia, not just in Babylon, not just in Shushan, but all the dominion of Persia, which would include Jerusalem. Because they did not believe the word of God, because they did not take hold of the promises of God and stayed in Babylon, 
We almost were annihilated. Except for the miraculous in protection of, of, of the Lord. We wouldn't be here today. Because they didn't believe his promises. In the book of Revelation, chapter 18, verse 2, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, lest you receive of her plagues. Very similar message. Come out of Babylon. Come in ba out of Babylon in Zechariah's day. Come out of Babylon in our day as well. Babylon, the confusion of this world, the spiritual confusion of this world. Come out of the confusion of this world. Come out of the difficulties of this world. Come out of the sins of this world. Come out and live for God. Come out and live for Zion. Come out and live for the Lord. And follow him with all your hearts, with all your souls, with all your mind, with all your strength. Follow him as he calls upon you in purpose and in truth. And live for him. Dedicate your souls to him. Commit yourselves to him, to follow him all the way. Come out of Babylon, there's Babylon all around us. All around us. We're living in a world of Babylon. We're living in a world of confusion. This is not heaven. Satan's ruling the prince over this earth, and we see his handprint everywhere. We see his fingerprints everywhere. And it's getting worse. God calls us to come out of the Babylon confusion of this world. Come out from the sins of this world. And if every professed believer in this country alone came out of Babylon, the pawn shops would dry up tomorrow. The porn sites would dry up tomorrow. The magazines would dry up tomorrow. The bars would dry up tomorrow. The X-rated, the R-rated movies would be bankrupt tomorrow. Hollywood would be bankrupt. But they're not. They're thriving. Because we're living in Babylon. And Babylon is living within professed believers as well. This world is confused and getting worse and worse. Absolutely amazing what is seeing. We're seeing it right before our eyes. I believe the Holy Spirit is being withdrawn. I believe we're getting very close to the Lord's coming. People are making sides, choosing sides. We see this happening around us. People are making statements and taking stands for positions that even just 10 years ago, 20 years ago, those same exact people wouldn't have taken. You have video clips of them saying just the opposite 20 years ago. Writings and comments by them just 20 years ago. And now today they're losing their mind. Taking positions and sides that are absolutely ludicrous. Just this week in the Supreme Court, they voted, a congregation was uh, petitioning the court about how many 
the California law said how many, they limited how many people can attend services. And so a congregation took them to task on that, said this is not fair, this is discrimination. You let Home Depot, you let Walmart be open and, and no restrictions on how many people are inside and you're restricting how many people can come and worship God. And the Constitution says that we have a right to assemble and the Constitution says that Congress shall make no law establishing religion or hindering the free exercise thereof. You're hindering our free exercise. And it went to the Supreme Court. And in the middle of the night, so embarrassed, they voted in the middle of the night, darkness of night, while riots are taking place outside, while the news media is caught up in that. And they voted five to four to side with the state, that the state can limit how many people can worship at one time together in person. And okay, we can get past that, we can do internet, we can do in other ways, but it sets a precedent that government can decide in religious matters for whatever basic reason, health scare, whatever scare, now have a Supreme Court precedent. We need an uproar against that. We need a protest against that. And I don't know what can be done when the Supreme Court says, I, I don't think Congress can overrule that. I, I don't know enough to know what can be done. And since the Chief Justice was one of the ones who voted for it, any future case can be denied a hearing to overrule it. I believe we're getting very close to Yeshua's coming. Things are falling in place for these last days. Trust in the Lord. He'll be a wall of fire. He will see us through. He's measuring Jerusalem. He's building up Jerusalem. He's building up his people. He has a plan for us, but it's conditional upon us coming out of Babylon because the story of Esther will be revisited because we're too many in Babylon. And thus the world will be able to do, the Hamans will come back again. And God will protect us again and we'll see us through, but it'll be a troublesome time. But God will see us through as we trust in him, as we individually come out of Babylon, as we corporately come out of Babylon and trust in the Lord and stand righteously for him, trusting in him, walking in his love, walking in his presence, allowing him to transform our hearts and our minds, allowing him to remove out of us everything that hinders, every unforgiveness, every bitterness, every hatred, every prejudice, every racist bone of our body, let him remove it out of us. Every lack of faith, every discouragement, every despair, every worry, every care, let him fill us with his Holy Spirit. Make us loving and kind and hopeful and faithful, trusting in the Lord. And moving forward by faith, putting on the armor of God, 
putting on the faith of God, putting on the righteousness of Messiah, and going forth from victory to victory. Not only protected inside the walls of fire, but going forth and attacking the gates of hell to deliver those who are in Babylon and to call them out of Babylon. Not just one appeal, but appeal after appeal after appeal. Come out of Babylon, my people. Come out of Babylon. God has called us to go and rescue and save those that are lost. Again, the Messiah left heaven to come to earth to save us, and he calls us to enter in with him into a real battle, to real excitement, to stand for real right, to do justice, to do righteously, even at risk, to save those who are perishing, to deliver those out of Babylon, out of confusion of mind. It takes courage, it takes faith, it's a risk, but God will be with us, God will stand with us, and he will multiply us. So we'll be a city without walls because of the multitude of people and livestock. God will provide. And even when we're standing alone, we're never alone. God is with us, with all of his angels, with all his heavenly beings. With God, we are a multitude. And always the majority. With him on our side. And so as we prepare to pray in a moment. Yeah, that's right. As we prepare to pray in a moment, every area in your life, God is speaking to your heart and mind about. Whether there's some area that he's calling you to raise up higher, he's wanting you to grow, and if there's some area of growth, he's measuring you, and he wants you to grow up to the full stature in Messiah. Some area lacking. Some area that you have need. You need more faith. You need more courage. You need more strength. He's calling you. Some area in your life some sin in your life that needs to be removed, some area he's convicting you on. Surrender that to him. And claim his promise and his power for victory because of the blood of Messiah that cleanses and washes us clean and the Holy Spirit that fills us with his mind, with his heart, with his power. Secondly, you can claim that promise of his measuring that he has plans for you. If you're fearful of the future, if you don't know what you're going to go through, what's going on in your life. I talked with a close friend this week. His wife uh, is a medical doctor in tax, Texas. The medical um, office for many years and between uh, uh, COVID-19 and previous votes and changes in the healthcare laws over the last several years really hurt them financially. Hospitals buying up all the small practices. The drug industry, the pharmaceutical industry. And then with COVID-19, you think, oh, the medical profession, well, they're, they're very busy. They're working hard. Our nurses are, they're heroes, and they are. They're working hard. The doctors are working hard to help protect us and keep everyone healthy. But what happened to the small practices is Regular patients that weren't showing up, canceling appointments. I don't have to go for my regular checkup. I don't want to come in contact with someone who might be there with some virus. 
And people were afraid, even with heart attacks went up, strokes went up, because people were afraid to go to the emergency room. And so attendance at their practice went down and weren't able to financially continue. And they closed up shop this week. They don't know what their future is. They don't know they're selling their house. They don't know what they're going to do. But to listen to the faith that they had, that God has a plan. We don't know what, we don't know where, but God has a plan. God is measuring. God knows our future, and he's got a plan. It's not what we thought. It's not what we planned. We thought we'd do this to retirement. We thought we had this nice practice going on. We're helping people. We're ministering for God. We're helping people. But that wasn't, obviously, God's plan. We are trusting in the Lord. God is able to give us miraculous faith in the face of tremendous difficulties and tremendous unknowns. And if you're going through some unknown, and you need to hold on to that promise, God has a plan for you. God has a measurement for you. God is laying it out, the blueprint for you. He knows the future that he has for you. In a moment when we pray, grab, grab a hold of that promise. And trust in the Lord. Three, if you're surrounded by enemies or frenemies or future friends that are now enemies or difficulties or struggles, maybe from within or maybe from without, maybe demonic or maybe human, maybe interpersonal or maybe just troubles, car breaking down, whatever, troubles, and you need a wall of fire around you. You need to claim that promise of God's protection for you, to protect you from the problems, from the troubles, from the difficulties of this world. Gun sales have skyrocketed. People are buying guns that have never bought guns before. And people who have guns have bought more. Unbelievable what has happened in the last four months. but to have the faith that God is a wall of fire for us. If you need that faith, trust in him. Not have to worry about tomorrow, knowing that God will be your protection, whatever you're going through right now. In a moment when we pray, trust in him. Or fourth, maybe you're feeling alone, maybe you're feeling destitute, maybe you feel forgotten, and you want to claim God's promise, and my people, my city will be so filled with a multitude of people that will be like without walls. That God will meet your social needs as well. Your emotional needs as well. Claim his promise. And again, all these are conditional on coming out of Babylon. Come out of sin. Come out of confusion. If there's some sin in your life, again, number one, come out. Come out. Confess it. Forsake it by the power of the Lord. Receive his mercy. Forgive his, for, receive his forgiveness. Even just one area, let him cleanse you. It took only one area for Adam and Eve to get kicked out. One area for the rich young man to go away sorrowful from Yeshua. Surrender it all so that you can receive the promise. Or fifth, if you want to claim the promise of livestock, that God will meet your abundant needs. Maybe you're financially struggling right now. 
claim that promise that Jerusalem will be a city so filled with multitude of people and livestock. Not just hungry people, but people with a multitude of livestock. That God will provide and meet your needs financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Claim his promise. Whatever promise applies to you out of our text for tonight, claim it by God's grace as we pray together. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, we thank you and praise your name for your great love for us. Thank you, Lord, for these wonderful promises in this chapter given to a people under circumstances such as we see ourselves in now. And you saw them through and you provided for them and you will provide for us together as well, individually and corporately as a congregation. Lord, provide and meet and help us and see us through. Work your will in our lives. Thank you, Yeshua, for dying for us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for cleansing us. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for your grace. Lord God, fill us with your spirit. Fill us with hope. Fill us with faith. Fill us with victory. Put on, fill us with your courage. Fill us with the gift of repentance and the gift of confession and a hatred for sin and a love for you, and a love for others. And Lord, I guess I didn't make the appeal, but Lord, also convict us if there's somebody in Babylon that we know that you've called us to reach, someone in our life, someone in our sphere that you've called us to reach, some area, someone's in, in confusion, someone's in Babylon, spiritually. Use us, Lord, in instructing them towards you, in lifting up your word. Let your light shine out of us and use us in calling people out of Babylon and seeking and saving that which is lost. In Yeshua's holy name, amen.